Good morning, family. December the 3rd. In all our affairs, daily reflections. It's going to be a great weekend. Thank you. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God we're up and at them. Good is happening all around us. I got a text early this morning and it said, uh, stay in the moment, something in that nature. Uh, so the study is that in the now, and the present tense of the now, is where we download our inspiration and our power. It's all about meditation, folks. <clears throat> Meditating and giving giving thanks and going through a gratitude list. And, uh, you know, it's, there's a prayer. It's called the OK Prayer. We read it just about every five times a week or so. And it says, OK, God, I am an alcoholic source. You know that one. It's on page 416, 417 of the big book, AA big book. And it says... Uh, it says, it at last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I've been around AA for seven months, tapering, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to see. I came to, step two. Okay, God, it is true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. And there is now. It's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? Now, present tense, moment, where's help? You know, there doesn't need a lot of repentance. As soon as you acknowledge and accept the fact that you, uh, you are something you shouldn't be. Uh, I don't listen. You know, I, I, I thank God that uh, I said I am in the now and I will obey. I will obey more. And stay in the now. So I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. So it's as easy as that to come clean with our higher power. There's The point I'm making is there's no heavy duty repentance, this and that and everything. Because his kindness and his mercy is available to us like the air, like the sunshine. As soon as we say, wow, I haven't been standing up straight. Uh, I've been lurking and uh, trying to hide. Now what are we going to do about it, God? I admit it. Now what are we going to do about it? Okay, let's go ahead and start with the serenity prayer, please. I hope you catch what I'm... The same thing I say over and over again. <laughs> in, all, well, in all our affairs, the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change... The courage to change those things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In all our affairs, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 106, the quote is for today. We try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I find that carrying the message of recovery to other alcoholics is easy because it helps me to stay sober and it provides me with a sense of well-being about my own recovery. The hard part is practicing these principles in all of my affairs. It is important that I share the benefits I receive from AA, especially at home. Doesn't my family deserve the same patience, tolerance, and understanding I so readily give to the alcoholic? When reviewing my day, I tried to ask, did I have a chance to be a friend today and miss it? Did I have a chance to rise above a nasty situation and avoid it? Did I have a chance to say I'm sorry and refuse to? 
Just as I ask God for help with my alcoholism each day, I ask for help in extending my recovery to include all situations and all people. Amen. And with that, let's go ahead and uh, do the 24-hour little book, please. Thank you for listening in. I went to uh Elanon meeting last night, and it was my uh, my sponsor. His sponsor of 48 years, my sponsor has about 46 years, and then there was a, a sponsee of my sponsor who had 41 or 42 years, and then there was me of uh, uh, 28 years of sobriety. All of us were in that fancy limousine Mercedes-Benz, and we all headed to help out an Al-Anon meeting. And we walked in there, and uh, one of the old guys said, hey, look the old fellas. <laughs> and as we walked in there, we went over there, and the ladies thought we were in the wrong place. They said, uh, the AA meeting's on the other side there. And I told the lady, no, we're here for the for the girls. And you should lift her up out of the ground. She laughed so hard. But my uh, my sponsor gave a pretty good talk. Uh You'll hear it here on uh, Al-Anon Speakers. I'll probably put it on this podcast where you can hear it. You don't have to search for it. And uh, and my but and his sponsor, Patrick. So you'll be hearing less than Patrick uh, on their share and on Al-Anon, which is the sister of the 12-step program, which they carry the, the program and the traditions. There's really no difference. All it is is that they, uh, and they're crazy and they don't drink. That's about it. In a nutshell, that's what one of the ladies said. <laughs> she tried to explain it to a newcomer. She goes, the only difference between there and there is that we don't drink and, and we're crazy. They drink and they're crazy. A little humor. Okay, December the 3rd, 24 hour a day, says right here. There is some alcoholics, though, conscious or unconscious, that come before every slip. There is some alcoholic thought, excuse me, conscience or unconscious that comes before every slip. As long as we live, we must be on the lookout for such thoughts and guard against them. In fact, our AA training is mostly to prepare us to make us ready to recognize such thoughts at once and to reject them at once. The slip comes when we allow such thoughts to remain in our minds, even before we actually go through the motions of lifting the glass to our lips. The AA program is largely one of mental training. How well is my mind prepared? Meditation for the day. Fret not your mind with puzzles that you cannot solve. The solutions may never be shown to you until you have left this life. The loss of a dear ones, the inequality of life, and the deformed and the maimed, and many other puzzling things may not be known to you until you reach the life beyond. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Only step by step, stage by stage, can you proceed in your journey into greater knowledge and understanding. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may be content that things that I now see darkly will someday be made clear. I pray that I may have the faith that someday I will see face to face beautiful 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 wonderful readings 
You know, it's a uh, it's a it's a great backup because there's two questions here. A thought comes into my mind of a drink or a rage, or a continuing thought to drink, or a continuing thought to uh, kill myself, or for suicide, or a continual thought of hate and remorse and disgust keeps coming into my head. So, <clears throat> the commitment is, of course, to uh, to laugh at the thought. Thank God, start thanking God for the thought, talk to the thought, say, hey, you just reminded me that I committed to thank God for every dumb thought, every stupid thought that's not me, that's not appropriate, so that's not right. And then you just start talking to the thought, and the thought will say, no, I want you to rage, I want you to to think about the drink, and you laugh at it, ha, 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 really? How about if I just thank God that you just reminded me to thank God for my problems. You are a problem. And I committed on step three. I turned my will and my life over to the care of God. As I understand this chemistry process is to thank him for you. You reminded me to thank God that I'm sober. I'm good. All the benefits. I can move my feet. I can move my toes. I'm not in, in jail. Or if I'm jail, I thank God I'm healthy. I thank God I'm wealthy because I have my health. When we have our health, we're wealthy. So we have something to be thankful for. When we're able to remember to be thankful when a, a thought attacks us, that's wealth, people, because I have whole of my willpower. That's wealth, 101 wealth right there. I am wealthy when a thought comes into me to... Uh, to do something that's not right. And I knock it off. I say, well, thank you, thought. You just reminded me to thank God for the situation. Ha, 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 ha. And laugh at it. If he keeps coming at you, you keep laughing at it. And you'll see that the, the, we have control of our abilities. We have our willpower back in the right sense. It says the rightful use of the willpower is to thank God because of all the, the hundreds and hundreds of benefits that we have, we acknowledge them. Thank you. Let's go ahead and close with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working, family. I went to visit one of my daughters. And uh, it was just a pleasure to visit. And have a friend with me go with me and visit. And... Uh, I learned in the rooms that, you know, I could just be there and listen and I don't have to say anything. And it's okay. I'm not trying to fix nobody today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Mr. Fix-It. And I used to be Mr. Fix-It. I mean, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I have, everything's got to be in order. You know, uh, I got sober at 75. I was, I was 10 years sober and, and then I took me a hostage and had two kids and uh, that's, where my, that's, that's what drove me to Alamo. Mm -hmm. 
And somebody in the room used to tell me, you need to go to Al-Anon. I, I used to tell them, you're crazy, I'm alcoholic, I don't need no Al-Anon. So I used to go to, to Pomona, where Dr. Paul was, and they used to tell me, well, you're codependent. And I used to say to myself, you know, I'm codependent, I'm alcoholic, I wasn't being codependent. <laughs> I didn't know anything. The only thing I do know, you know, that uh, before I got to the rooms, I was married, had two kids, and I walked out on those two kids and that wife, and my, I remember my wife saying to this day, what about the kids? Well, my feelings were hurt, and I left. And, and I have two kids that died from the disease, and... Uh, uh, and she died too. And uh, everybody is deceased except me, only by the grace of God. You know, so I, I started going to Al-Anon, and uh, I, I realized, you know, that I was, I was, uh, I was married, and I was taking my two little kids to, to preschool, and then she decided to go out and start drinking and whatever. And we would come home for, you know, three days or whatever. And I used to listen for the car to come and all that kind of stuff. And drove me crazy. I mean, crazy. The guys used to come pick me up, take me to meetings. I started going to, um, that's when I started going to Alan on. And uh, she left. And I was in the backyard with two little kids. And I said, how the hell am I going to do this? And a little voice and said to me, one day at a time, you could do anything. You know? So I was, I was running a business and I was, I'm taking care of her kids, you know, and, and, and they got to kindergarten and, and uh, I used to work in the classroom, so uh, I learned a lot of stuff. I learned a lot of stuff with, with my children. I grew up with my children. You know, I, uh, by the rooms, I, uh, I've been in the same place for 45 years. <laughs> Come on, I wasn't anywhere 45 seconds before I got here. And, uh, uh, I found a power grid in myself, which I choose to call God only from by the fellowship. Because I saw, I saw uh, the sparkle in your eye and the step in your walk, and I, uh, I was attracted. You know, I knew I was I'm powerless today. Powerless and my life's unmanageable when I try to manage my own life. You know, I think I have my great plans. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of plans last night. But in the morning I make the great exchange. And the great exchange is my will for his. You know, I say, here I am, where are we going? You know, and that's what it's all about because he puts us to be a maximum service, you know, uh, to others. And, that, and that's what it's really all about. So this morning, I, I mean, I got a phone call the other day for a year. You know, I didn't even, didn't even know this was going to happen. And then I have a friend that came from out of town. And my friend said, well, I'd like to see Nancy. And that got me to my daughters. You know, and, and I had another friend call me this morning and said, Hey, uh, Les, I, I'm taking a cake at a meeting uh, for, for, for 
47 years. Can you come break, come and celebrate with me? I said, okay, at noon. My day's full. <laughs> My day's full. I mean, I didn't plan this deal. You know? And then uh, another great thing that I've learned is the power of the pen. You know, uh, being transparent, you know, having a sponsor, you know, being of service to others. Because if I'm not in service to others, I'm out of order. So uh, to have a sponsor and be able to be transparent is everything. Because when I got here, I ain't telling nobody nothing, and I don't trust nobody about anything, you know, and uh, <clears throat> pain is, there's no friction, there's no motion. Pain got me to work these steps. And, uh, you know, you could die of alcoholism without ever taking a drink. You know, you start thinking, and try to figure out which way to go. <laughs> Uh, how are you going to fix this and fix that? And I can't fix nothing. <laughs> I laugh at myself. Because I tried it all, you know, over the years. And, and the only thing I can do is, is let go and let God surrender. Give up. I got to give up. You know, when I first heard that, you got you to surrender. I want to choke somebody, you know. <laughs> you know what, what do you mean, surrender? The only thing I remember about surrender was, you know, I'd be in a meeting and the pain level would be tremendous. You know, this meditation started in meetings for me. I mean, I had a hold on to the chair. It was, this is, this is a serious deal. You know, it's like, why? I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want, I don't like this pain. And that's what got me to read those steps, you know, and, and to take some action. But, uh, but uh, this lady, I always, I always say this, I don't care where I go, because it, it saved my life. It, this lady told me I was pouring coffee at a big meeting. And uh, I, was, I was a coffee maker. Best job in the joint. And <laughs> this sweet little lady came over to me. I'm I was 30 years old. She said, how you doing today? I said, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I was on tilt. Now, I could look good on the outside. I could dying on the inside. <laughs> and, uh, um, she says, look, Clancy pulled me off the Pacific Coast Highway. I wanted a truck to roll over my head. And I, I, I identified, because how do you shut this off? You know? She said, Look, when you go, you go home, whatever's up here, put it down on paper, and don't be write, writing no novels. You know, just, just get honest and write down what it is. Keep it simple. And I went home and, and I did that. And that night, man, a miracle happened. I, I slept. You know, I slept. And you know, I've been journaling all these years. I, I, I'm having a problem sleeping. I'm journaling and I'm calling my sponsor. And if I can't call my sponsor, you know, I'll, I'll find any, there's some people in the room I just say, here, you're it, you know, and get rid of it, because I don't want to have another day or a night without sleeping. I don't, know. No, I, I don't want that, you know. So, you know, I, I got to get to a point where, well, anyway, God, God is a God of second chance. You know, I, I got married, I had a couple kids, she left. We never seen her again. She just died a year ago or a year and a half ago. We never saw her again. 
and then I, I had my last baby, my, and she's uh, I got three girls, and uh, and I I've grown up with these girls, you know. I call my my it's called the Ferris wheel. One's at the top, one's in the middle, and one's at the bottom, and the Ferris wheel's going around. And I don't dare get on the Ferris wheel because <laughs> I'm gonna get beat up every time. You know, I just and when when they come over to my house and, and they got something going on, you know, I, Mr. Fixit comes out at me, you know, and I said, and the little voice in my on my shoulder says, "Shut up, man! Don't don't even open your mouth because you you're gonna start something that's not too good, you know." And uh, so I keep my mouth shut, and they seem to straighten out all by themselves, you know. And if they want something or they want to talk. They'll come to me and talk about it, you know, at their time, not my time. But uh, uh, it's been a great journey. I'm overpaid. It's good to be here. It's good to be in any, we, worldwide. We go anywhere in the world, and when I go on vacation, I get grounded. You know, I go to a meeting first, and, I, and then I go do my vacation. And I, but I, the meetings are first, that's my foundation. And uh, fellowship today is more important than what I got here because I didn't know how valuable the fellowship is, how we can do this together. I can't do it by myself. You know, if I, if I isolate or I'm hiding, it, I'm, I'm going to get real sick real quick. You know, and the traditions, you know, are covering more comes first. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, where before I... They'd ask me to read the traditions or the or the steps. I didn't know the difference, you know. And uh, so working with others just makes me work a deal more. And, and we're, I, I love the books in Alan. I love those books. Work uh, reading the books and, and and working the concepts, reading them, you know, over and over and over again because this thing leaks. And I, <laughs> you know, I need to come back and do it again. Do it again. You're welcome. Uh, you're new and, and you're, not, you're in for a journey of your life. I mean, I, I sit in my bedroom in, in, upstairs and I say, how the hell we get here? <laughs> right? How'd this happen? Right? Yeah. I couldn't be anywhere five seconds before I came here, you know? And, uh, and I, got, I got five grandkids. I got, I got great grandkids. Man, I mean... <laughs> That's a miracle. I mean, I'm a runner. I ran away from home in the sixth grade. I'm serious. Sixth grade. My dad died of alcoholism. My my great grandfather died the same way. And uh, uh, I started running away from home in the sixth grade. And I ran until I was 30. So that's my that was my ammo when I got here. You know, if I get into some kind of confrontation or something or in a relationship and it's getting rocky I run so and today I have to, I ain't running I'm not running I'm, I can sit in this chair and it's just okay whatever and except say this ready prayer you know our all of all our our prayers are, are just amazing you know just amazing and uh, I have to give myself time now Take a nap. 
How much do you have on your list today? Do you really have to do that much? No. Today I did a lot of stuff. And I'll, me and my friend, we came home. Let's take a nap. Just get, just get a little rest here because we got one last stop and that's here. You know, and, and that, and that, I, I know that I have to stop, you know, and that's so important, balance, you know, balance. So I'm really glad uh, to, to be here tonight and uh, uh, the, the to topic, right? Yeah. The topic is going to be uh, a power greater than yourself. What, 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 what happened? What, how did how did how you make the great exchange? I call it the great exchange. <laughs> you know, because that's what it is, the great exchange. Every day is brand new. Right. You know, and you can start your day anytime during the day. But you, my day, I can, I can get into self-will, I can get judgmental. You know, I, I, I can box or whatever you want to do, and then I can say, wait a minute, I need to just settle down a little bit here and, and just be, be part of the group or whatever. And, it, it'll be okay, you know. So that's what it's going to be. Thanks for letting me share. I'm Patrick. Okay. Glad to be here. Um, I was. Uh, it was suggested that I do Alan on uh, 40 years ago when uh, my daughter was in treatment, and I was running a treatment center at that time. <laughs> and you know, don't I know all there is to know about you know the disease addiction and the physiology and, and so forth, and put her in another you know treatment program. What would that look like? But uh, they uh, they said that I had to do uh, Al-Anon or ACA, and uh, ACA was kind of the hot ticket forty years ago. Adult children of alcoholics. But um, so I, I went for that, and uh, it just seemed to me that it was just a whole lot of parent bashing going on. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, what it opened up for me is that I had alcoholic parents. I had an alcoholic sister raised her kid for seven years while she was out doing her her bit. Um, not at that time, but I've had three alcoholic wives because, you know, we love them, we attract them, we're gonna fix them, you know, love them to death or, or what have you. And um, I eventually uh, realized that uh, I had been severely affected by alcoholism in my family. And, um, and that's when I started uh, doing it for me. And I had a Catholic get away from God fear relationship with uh, with my higher power, and uh, you know, doing confessions. Uh, all I did is drive up guilt and remorse, and seemed to validate what a rotten person that I was. That was a decision I made, because when you get to the fourth step, the fourth step is saying uh, you got to part bozo. And all you ever did is blame, you know, be a victim. You know, if you had the alcoholic mother and if you had the, this upbringing and so forth, you'd be messed up too. And uh, you, there was absolutely a uh, uh, complete victim. And uh, Al and I gave me the opportunity to, uh, to admit that I had been 
affected by uh, parental uh, alcoholism and my sister's alcoholism. Um, I'm Irish, and uh, you know we go generations uh, of alcoholics in my general. Um, so um, not only that, but you know I was running a treatment program. I was going to save everybody for Christ's sakes, and. Um, you know, eventually, uh, you can't get it unless, you can't give it away unless you got it. And, uh, you know, uh, treatment's a business, and treatment is run by fiscal principles, not recovery principles. And so it was necessary for me to uh, make a big step and uh, start to embrace uh, uh, Al-Anon. I had done steps before, but uh, uh, Al-Anon is about the way I was affected. And my drug in Al-Anon is the illusion of control. That there's something that I can do, and then I heard in rooms like this, there's uh, uh, no matter what you do or don't do, uh, file it under powerlessness. And stop trying to guilt yourself out because you can't fix. My daughter's been out there uh, for 40 years. Um, and coming to meetings like this and having a sponsor, and working steps and Alan we just did a fourth step earlier in the week at this point. And about my part. Um, it allows me to not be deadly fearful of what's gonna happen to them. Um, and I can still love and support and have a conversation and not try to withhold the way, well, if you're gonna do your thing, I'm not gonna love you anymore or call you or what have you. Uh, that absolute total gift of detachment is love. And that is that's a wonderful recovery for me to not have to try and manage or, or be able to direct um, uh, my daughter or literally anybody else that uh, uh, it's a little bit different uh, when they ask, uh, but uh, you know we've we've got in my my home group in our Alano Club in uh, in Penn Valley we've got the uh, hula hoop on on the wall you know not a and uh, it's to remind me that that's the level of my influence is, is right in here I'm a common denominator of every relationship that I've ever been in and I'm only the only one that. Uh, that can uh, uh, be affected uh, by my relationship with my higher power. My higher power now is kind of a higher self. It's almost what I want to be. And uh, my spot, I, I was into, well, when you do meditation, you have to do the lotus position and all of that. And, and uh, he said, no, you just ask, that's all. Keep it simple. You just ask your higher power. And uh, I had one incident where it was obviously higher power uh, uh, acting in my life, and that's that, you know, my wife was an alcoholic, and she finally threw me out. And I was Catholic at that time, and, uh, you know, you can get divorced, but, you know, you, you can't get remarried. And I was in a dilemma. I didn't know, you know, really what to do and I was introduced to this thing called the God Box so I, I wrote down her name her name was Roberta but we all called her Boo and put it in my God Box and then 
do the next indicated step. And that was for me to go to a meeting. And I was coming home from this meeting. This was uh, over in Torrance. And I went by South High School. Patrick, I got to stop you because our meeting ends at 9 Okay, I'm damn near there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I need to do that. Baby. This is direct, direct influence. And there on the billboard of South High School, it said, Bye Bye Birdie. Aww. And that was my answer in <laughs> direct contact with, with higher power. That's when I knew if I ask and if I turn it over, uh, it's not up to me or what I want to do. It's, it's, uh, it's up to what God <laughs> wants to have happen. So thank you for letting me So today we're going to talk about the three hidden causes of inflammation. Out of all the medications sold in the U.S., even worldwide, it's the anti-inflammatories that dominate. Because so many people are taking meds for inflammation more than any other condition. And I'm going to talk about the three hidden causes of inflammation that you may have not heard about before. Okay. Um, if we take cortisol, for example. Cortisol is an adrenal hormone. Okay. And it is the hormone in the body that is supposed to stop inflammation. It's supposed to inhibit inflammatory conditions. Now think about any condition that involves inflammation, whether it's autoimmune or just pain and inflammation in general, they always use prednisone, cortisol cream, uh, cortisone injections. It's all cortisol, but of course it's synthetic. And yes, it comes with a package, but the point is that cortisol stops inflammation. Now, if that is true, then chronic inflammatory conditions must be a state of low cortisol, right? Makes logical sense. But if that's true, how do you explain all the people who have arthritis, um, serious inflammation, they go get tested, and they have high cortisol or normal cortisol, okay? I mean, look, look at this. This is a SIB Encyclopedia Medical Illustrations Endocrine System Volume 4 on page... 84. Okay, there's a condition called Cushing's syndrome. Okay, right here. So this is a very common condition. It's in a, a situation where you have too much cortisol. Okay, so I'm just going to go through the symptoms. You have belly fat. You have major inflammation throughout the body. You have sleep problems, high blood pressure, gastric acidity, heartburn. You have a lowered immune system. You have excessive. Uh, Thoughts. You keep thinking, 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 can't turn it off. You have a low tolerance to stress. But you, you have a lot of inflammation in the body from high cortisol. Why is that? That is because of this. And I did another video on insulin resistance. And I told you that I was going to do a video on cortisol resistance. There's a condition called cortisol resistance in which the receptor for cortisol is downgraded. In other words, it doesn't receive that well anymore. So we have the adrenal gland that produces cortisol. It's supposed to go into a receptor. And if there's too much of that hormone being pumped out because the person's under chronic stress, whatever, then the receptor is going to downgrade and protect the body against the excess amount of cortisol because it's, it's not good for the body to have too much cortisol. There's side effects. I mean, just look at prednisone. The side effects from prednisone, it's like, it's crazy. So the body will protect itself, uh, especially the inside of the cell, and certain delicate tissues by creating resistance, okay? The problem is then that blocks the, the return communication, the negative feedback loop, and so now the adrenal doesn't get the message, 
that this connected, so the body keeps making more and more cortisol. So now we have a situation where we have certain parts of the body that have low cortisol and other parts of the body that have high cortisol. This explains the confusion people have because the symptoms for high are almost identical to the symptoms with low. Now there is another condition called Addison's disease, okay, which is very rare. Uh, where you're basically, your adrenals aren't functioning anymore, and you're very, very thin. Your skin becomes tan or darker, but you have very serious, right, can't find it, serious immune problems, okay? But the point is that when you have too much cortisol, it can produce a state where you get a lot of chronic inflammation. Why? Because you develop the resistance, okay? Resistance in the cell. Now, what I want to talk about is what causes this cortisol resistance. It's chronic stress, okay? And I want to increase your awareness on what that means. It can also be being lonely for a long period of time, okay? That can increase cortisol. Or having losses, okay? A loss of a loved one. Or a threatened loss, okay? I mean, when my son was six months old, he developed infantile botulism, okay? That's a pretty serious disease. It kills all the nerves. Only 20 children a year get it. It's very rare. And he got it, okay? It created a lot of stress with our family. He's doing fine now. But the point is that that's a threat of a loss, okay? So you have losses, you have surgeries, trauma, mental stress, especially if you're not exercising, okay? No sleep. I mean, I remember myself. I had 12 years where I did not sleep very well. There was nights I didn't even sleep for one minute. I stayed up all night long. So that actually really wore out my adrenals. In fact, that's why I'm doing this video right now because I had this condition. The point is that there are all these triggers that can happen and a lot of people have chronic stress and that creates this problem right here. And eventually they develop chronic inflammation and then they're put on a medication, okay? Here's the problem. When you lose the function of cortisol, you also lose the control of your, your immune system. You become more susceptible to viruses. Viruses go in like a rocket ship, okay? And that leads me to another cause of inflammation, and that's a chronic infection, okay? So now chronic infection could also come from taking a lot of antibiotics. It could come from your entire gut uh, being um, imbalanced because you don't have enough flora. It can come from many things. It could also come from an adrenal uh, situation as well. But a lot of people have this chronic inflammatory condition because they have microbes growing in the body in excessive amounts. It could be also, it could be viral, it could be bacterial, it could be yeast, it could be nanobacteria, it could be uh, mycoplasma. And then one day they might discover it because they take an antibiotic and they feel great. Well, that's just a big clue that you have microbes growing in your body and that's what's creating the inflammation, maybe in a joint or in a different part of the body. These people usually also have chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, what I'm going to recommend is to take a natural uh, herbal um, antibiotic, and I have videos on that, uh, more than an uh, actual antibiotic because you're going to just make the problem worse over time. Now, a lot of times these cross over. You can have a problem with cortisol and problem with infections um, or a problem with infections and can stress out the adrenals and cause high levels of cortisol. But when you lose the adrenal function, okay, and you can have high cortisol and it's just not working, 
you open the door for viruses and also you can open the door for getting autoimmune diseases okay it's it's nearly always related to some stress event that comes right before that autoimmune condition okay so now that you're talking with that uh, let's talk about the third cause of inflammation which is basically insulin resistance uh, you may already know this I have a lot of videos on this I've been talking about this I'll put some links down below but if you're new to my channel and you don't know this this is going to be very important insulin resistance is a condition where you're producing too much insulin okay that excess amount causes a lot of inflammation in the body plus the fact that this is triggered by your high carbohydrate diet and your frequency of eating okay so if you eat too frequently and you have too many carbs you are going to eventually get inflammation so what you need to do is get on the program to reduce your carbs and do intermittent fasting there's a link down below for that but if i had chronic inflammation okay i would be on a healthy keto plan i would do intermittent fasting that's going to bring it right down i would probably uh if i had any possible infection going on i would take an herbal antibiotic some natural ones like garlic on a regular basis and i would do everything i can to get out of my stress situation okay improve the stress i focus on getting more sleep go for long walks and whatever is triggering this try to uh, minimize the damage control and you would find out that your inflammation would drop very very fast okay so go ahead and try it and give me your comments below i'll see you in the next video so if you want more now that was dr berg again uh giving us some tips and being uh sharp on that area stay on the ball all right i'm gonna talk about a little bit of, about inflammation coming from uh electromagnetic frequencies so uh, i ordered uh, a sleeping mat uh, all kinds of equipment for uh sleeping for uh, take off the emf coming from the phone <clears throat> coming from the wall there's energy coming from all over the place and our bodies are got too much of it that's all point is we got way too much and there's meters that lets us know that we're uh, it goes on the left side of the brain it gives you anxiety and and you want to drink take a pill to relax so this is a natural way is to be grounded to the earth the movie is called grounding earthing it's on youtube it's free i'm going to see if i can find a small clip that talks about the benefits of grounding and we'll wrap up this session of uh, immunity and how to stay sharp i love this process that this guy talks about a natural antibiotic <clears throat> the onions and garlic uh resting uh, green tea <clears throat> and uh and fasting intermittent fasting and uh provides us uh, the immune system on its own to get it and get it out. It's the best medicine there is. Be right back. It's actually your own immune system. Let's talk about that. So the virus doesn't have a metabolism. It's not even alive. How can something not alive actually kill you? Well, what happens is this. You have this inactive shell with some DNA material in there that has very specific instructions to replicate because there's certain things on the surface of the virus that connect to certain tissues and certain receptors in your cell, like a lock and a key. Now, COVID-19 connects to what's called the ACE2 
receptor in your cells, and then they're able to get into the cell. Once they're inside the cell, your immune system doesn't see them. So their goal is to get into the cell as fast as possible and start to replicate. And it hijacks your copy machine, your machinery, your metabolism to replicate. So that's actually creating a lot of damage, and then it creates this immune reaction. However, that's not what kills you. What kills you is this. Take a look at this. We have two parts of the immune system. We have the innate, which is the system that doesn't need to be trained. It's the first line of defense. And then we have the special forces called the adapted part of the immune system. So if we think about a worst-case scenario, uh, you're in intensive care, you're on a respirator, you're getting a lot of inflammation going on in the lung. It's called a cytokine storm, which is a condition where your lungs are on fire, there's inflammation going on, there's a lot of oxidation, there's a lot of free radical damage, and it's creating a massive destruction, which then creates bleeding and fibrosis and scar tissue where you eventually just stop breathing. Also, this destructive inflammatory condition is happening on the inside of your arteries, and it can even create blood clots. You might want to look at this as an overreacting immune system, but in reality, it's really not because this part of the immune system is only overreacting because part of this system is not working. So you have what's called the T suppressor cells. These cells suppress or regulate the overreaction. One of the purposes is to prevent too much inflammation. They basically are the fire department that floods the water to put out the fire. They also prevent autoimmune diseases. If this is your car, this would be the brake pad, and this is the accelerator. So we have this severe imbalance where we lose this, and then we have too much of this, and that's really what's killing people. The virus is a trigger, and it's definitely causing damage in this area, but you have to realize that the virus really only kills people with a weak immune system, and it's usually certain metabolic conditions that are causing a weakness within these specific cells right here. Now, in the HIV virus, that targets what's called the T helper cell. This cell is like the quarterback within the entire immune system. And it just will knock this guy right out. And now there's actually no control. You have no more immune system. And that's how someone would die. Other strategies will block your vitamin D levels. And if you don't have enough vitamin D, these cells can't work and you can't put up the fire. This is why vitamin D is very anti-inflammatory. Not having enough vitamin D can create this imbalance. Certain viruses can create this imbalance. Having a pre-existing health issue can create this imbalance as well. So you put all these things together and you're really at risk from having problems. But you have to realize it's not the virus itself that is creating this. It's a lot of other things that are going on at the same time. Now, one of the defense mechanisms that your immune system has is creating a fever because creating a fever decreases the duration of infections. In fact, it increases your chances of living because it slows down the viral replication. But if your immune system is weak, guess what? You may not even have a fever. Not having a fever, yet having an infection, means that your immune system is broken. Also, having a pre-existing health problem, you already are going into this condition 
with low amounts of antioxidants. The problem with that is that this overreaction is creating so much inflammation, so much oxidation, so many free radicals, we don't have the antioxidants to counter that. That's when people start dying. This whole video is really about emphasizing the importance of your immune system because if your immune system is strong, this virus really does not play a big threat, especially if you understand how to strengthen it. And if you want information on that, I put the video up right here. Check it out. That's Dr. Bird and YouTube and the immunity, the immune system and the benefits. All right, now, God bless you and stay aware. High vitamin C, zinc, um, vitamin D, a lot of vitamin D, a lot of rest, no stress, hot showers, and stay warm, just preventive maintenance. I take a couple of lemon juice a day and uh, ensure my vitamin C comes in naturally. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We just surrender to you, Lord God, that you will care for us, give us wisdom, the wisdom of Christ, the ability, Lord God, to be stay fit and keep our bodies fit, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for all the work and the YouTube information that's here. Bless the people. And Lord, just continue to protect us as we give our lives over to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Yeah, we surrender to God. He's got it. Take care, family. Okay, thank you for coming into this podcast. We're going to be talking about uh, how do we reconnect to the earth to cut down the EMF, electrical magnetic frequencies that are in our body. Once we understand it, once we do the study, I did the study maybe two, three years ago. It just took a long time for me to, for it to catch. You know, I knew there was something to it. I remember I used to be very physical when I was a young man. And when I wasn't, I can feel the tension. And I thought it was just all the muscles that wanted me to get out there and run and get excited. And sometimes I did. But most of the time, I would just sit there and I can feel the the anxiety and the reeling of the mind and the uh, just the intensity of that energy wanting to do something. But what Clint Ober is... Uh, O-B-E-R, the, the benefits of grounding and surprising health and healing benefits, uh, came up to the, to the subject of grounding ourselves so we can take that EMF out of our bodies. Again, 5G is strong. All our apparatus that we carry around with us, we're actually receiving a signal. We're helping our, with the water in our system, we're helping the signal be stronger. You know, we're, we're no different than antennas. We're receivers of antennas. So you, you can actually ground yourself in your car, ground yourself when you sleep all night, ground yourself while you're on the computer, and just ground yourself through all this uh, inexpensive resources, you know, that are connected to the electrical system in the house where, or right into the ground where it's grounded and it's safe. You know, they got... Uh, circuits in there that that will cut the frequency if any large frequency comes trying to come in. It's just like a a fuse. <clears throat> it'll uh, it'll snap right away. Very very safe, or else they would get very very um, 
and problems. Uh, so I, I want to deliver it to you. I ordered uh, a couple of sets right now. They're on sale. I'm not promoting it. We ordered a couple of them, which is uh, about, it was $199 for this set. And they have um, the, the bed and the computer and the and then these these tags that you put on your palms while you're... So it's for me to get better sleep and to be better of service so I can bring you better <clears throat> podcasts better um, intuition of the research that we're doing here, things that matter in life, things that God is concerned with. God provided the earth, and he provided a way for us to inflammation. So this is to Dr. Berg's uh, teaching right now that he talked about inflammation and inflammation and inflammation. And this one is talking about how to take care of the uh, the burning sensation in our bones, how, how to stop the fire because uh, grounding takes gives the uh, opportunity for those radical uh, <clears throat> cells that are trying to steal a molecule from a good cell and then cause the problem. Uh, EMF just pulls it. It's so easy, guys. It's like taking a drink of water. It just pulls it out of your body and then you're going to feel the effects in a couple of two, three weeks. You just keep at it and just believe that there are good people out there and they have put incredible amount of their life resources to get this message out. I Joel, the big picture. Earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, natural catastrophes of various kinds have a way of making us feel helpless. We can do nothing to stop them. We can only do our best to avoid them and then pick up the pieces after they have passed. The first part of Joel's prophecy is concerned with natural disasters that would lead to great suffering for God's people. A drought of major proportions and a plague of locusts. God uses these natural events to warn his people of even worse suffering in the future should they refuse to recognize their need for him. Disasters can also come as a result of our own behavior. <clears throat> Joel realized that the natural disasters suffered by the people of Judah were God's way of getting their attention. <clears throat> Centuries earlier, Moses had warned that disobedience to God's plan would lead to such catastrophes. Deuteronomy 28:38-39. God, God sought to restore his people to himself through these natural disasters. God broke through their illusions of security and self-sufficiency, showing them how important their relationship with Him was. <clears throat> Some of us have suffered from locust plagues in our own lives through actions of our own. We have suffered painful consequences and have found ourselves unable to combat the powerful the powers that assail us. <clears throat> Through actions of our own, we have suffered painful consequences and have found ourselves unable to combat the powers that assail us. As we recognize our own limitation, accept responsibility for our sins, we should realize that this is not the end of our lives. It is a wonderful opportunity for a new start. Recognizing our need for God's power in our lives leads us to seek God afresh and once again surrender to Him. When this is happening, we are continuing in the ongoing process of spiritual renewal. 
Spiritual renewal themes. The power of confrontation. God's people had lost sight of their need for God and had become complacent about following the plan of God had laid out for them. So to break through their spiritual blindness, God allowed them to suffer a series of disasters. Through their sufferings and the words of the prophet Joel, God let his people know that they were headed for disaster and needed to make some changes in their lives. God often intervenes in our own lives in similar ways. He allows us to suffer the consequences of our behavior to awaken us from our spiritual blindness and complacency. He controls us with painful reality of our choices and actions. But we should find comfort in this because he confronts us not to destroy us, but to initiate the process of our restoration. The importance of forgiveness. The book of Joel states that the day of the Lord was coming, but with his message of warning and judgment, he also gave his listeners the grounds for hope through repentance, confessing their sins, accepting the responsibilities of, for their wrong, and seeking to re redirect their course. Repentance will allow God's people to experience the healing available through God's forgiveness. Like the nation of Judah, each of us would love to change some of our past actions and choices. Rather than change the past, God provides a means of resolving our past failures through forgiveness. <clears throat> our spiritual renewal is built on the foundations of both receiving and granting forgiveness. The limitlessness of God's power. <clears throat> we can easily be overwhelmed by the power of nature when it unleashes its fury in an earthquake volcano hurricane virus when we look at the coastline and see how the ocean has carved out cliffs and caves we marvel at the power of the ocean but none of these powers act of natures can compare to the overwhelming power of god when we feel powerless god invites us to come to him for help in him we have all the power we need to overcome our weaknesses god's power within us Joel predicted a time when the limitless power of God would be poured out upon us through his Holy Spirit. This promise implied that God would be directly available to his people. And it was fulfilled when God's Spirit was poured out after Jesus the Messiah ascended to heaven. This truth is of most importance to us in the process of spiritual renewal. God is with us, and His power is available to us as we persevere in our struggle to grow. Here we go. <clears throat> Chapter 1 of Joel. The Lord gave this message to Joel, son of Petu. Hear this, you leaders of the people. Everyone listen. In all of your history, has anything like this ever happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come. Pass the awful story down from generation to generation. After the cutting locusts came eating the crops, the swarming, the swarming locusts took what was left. After them came the hopping locusts and then the stripping locusts too. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. All the grapes are ruined and all your new wine is gone. A vast army of locusts has invaded my land. It is a terrible army, too numerous to count. Its teeth are as sharp of the teeth of lions. They have destroyed my grapevines and fig trees, stripping them 
their bark and leaving the branches white and bare. Weep with sorrow as a virgin weeps when her finances had died. There is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of the Lord. The priests are mourning because there are no offerings. Listen to the weeping of these ministers of the Lord. The fields are ruined and empty crops, the grain, the wine, and the olive are gone. Despair, are you farmers? Wail, are you vine growers? Weep because the wheat and barley, yes, all the field crops are ruined. The grapevines and the fig tree have all withered. The pomegranate trees, palm trees, and apple trees, yes, all the fruit trees have dried up. All joy has dried up. Yes, all the fruit trees have dried up. All joy has dried up with them. Dress yourself in sackcloth, you priests. Wail, you who serve before the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth, you ministers of my God. There is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of your God. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him. The day of the Lord is on the way. The day when destruction comes from Almighty, how terrible that day will be. We watch as our food disappear before our very eyes. There are no joyful celebrations in the house of our God. The seeds die in the parched ground and the grain crops fail. The barns and granaries stand empty and abandoned. How the animals moan with hunger. The cattle wander about confused because there's no pasture for them. The sheep bleat in misery. Lord, help us. The fire has consumed the pastures and burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you because they have no water to drink. The streams have dried up and fire has consumed the pastures. Okay, that was chapter one, and this is this is the solution here. This little footnote it says the people needed to admit their helplessness before God could intervene on their behalf. Joel led them to do this in three areas. First, their physical resources were depleted by the locust plague and drought. Second, they were spiritually destitute and could not find God through the standard method of presenting sacrifices. Third, they could not rely on courage and self-defense because the locusts were too great a foe to overcome. Once we admit we cannot do anything to save ourselves, then we can turn to God and ask Him to mercifully rescue us from our pain. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, let's go ahead and read chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Jerusalem, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, let everyone tremble and fear, because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like a dawn spreading across the mountains, a mighty army appears. How great and powerful they are! The likes of them have not been seen before and never will be seen again. Fire burns in front of them and follows them in every direction. Ahead of them, the land lies as fair as the Garden of Eden in all its beauty. Behind him is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. 
They look like tiny horses and they run as fast. Look at them as they leap along the mountain top. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across a field, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with fright. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like trained soldiers. Straightforward, they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right place. They lunge through the gaps and no weapon can stop them. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing their thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark and the stars no longer shine. The Lord leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can endure it? That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief. Instead, tear your hearts. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He is not easily angered. He is filled with kindness and is eager not to punish you. Who knows, perhaps even yet, he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this terrible curse. Perhaps he will give you so much that you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. Blow the trumpet in Jerusalem, announce a time of fasting, call the people together for a solemn meeting, bring everyone, the elders, the children, even the babies, call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. The priests who minister in the Lord's presence will stand between the people and the altar, weeping. Let them pray. Spare your people, Lord. They belong to you, so don't let them become an object of mockery. Don't let their names become a proverb of unbelieving foreigners who say, Where is the God of Israel? He must be helpless. The Lord's Promises of Restoration when the Lord will pity his people and begin and, and be indignant for the honor of his land, he will reply, Look, I am sending you grain and wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. This is the Lord's promise of restoration. Again, then the Lord will pity his people and be indignant for the honor of his land he will reply look i'm sending you grain and wine and olive oil enough to satisfy your needs you will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations i will remove these armies from the north and send them far away i will drive them back into the parched wastelands where they will die those in the rear will go into the dead sea those at the front will go into the mediterranean the stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, my people. 
Be glad now and rejoice because the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field. The pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with luscious fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will flourish once more. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rains he sends are an expression of his grace. Once more, the autumn rains will come, as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the presses will overflow with wine and olive oil. Yes, olive oil. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the stripping locust, the cutting locust, the swarming locust, yep, and the hopping locust. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want, and you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced like this. Then you will know that I am here among my people of Israel, and that I alone am the Lord your God. My people will never again be disgraced like this. The Lord promises of his spirit. Then after I have poured out my rains again, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. I will cause wonders in the heaven and on the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There will be people on Mount Zion in Jerusalem who escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. And on chapter 2, the footnote says... Instead of responding to God's judgment with the prescribed ritual, tearing garments, God wanted the people of Judah to come to him with broken hearts, admitting their guilt and helplessness. The people needed to commit themselves to God, examine themselves, and ask God to change them. Since God is known for his graciousness and mercy, it makes sense to surrender our lives to him. He can change our pain into joy. When the people of Judah admitted their sins, God would take away their disgrace and replace it with his blessing. Likewise, when we accept reality, admit our sins, accept responsibilities for our lives, and surrender our lives to God, he will free us from the bondage of sin and grant us mercy. The parched, barren areas of our lives will flourish, bringing glory to God. Since this prophecy was fulfilled at Pentecost, see Acts 2, we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been changing sinful and troubled lives since he was poured out. Peter and the Apostles, Act 2, Paul, Acts 9, a demon-possessed slave girl and a prison guard, Acts 16, and others, the Spirit whom Joel prophesied about and who changed their century lives, first century lives, is available to change our lives too. 
We can trust the God of the Old and New Testaments to heal our broken lives and bring about our complete redemption. When we call on the name of the Lord, when we call on the name of the Lord, we will find deliverance. No failure in our past is too great to prevent this. No disadvantage of any kind can keep us from God's grace. When God comes to judge the world, His grace is able to keep us from all harm. Yeah, all harm. Judgment against enemy nations. Chapter 3. At that time, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, says the Lord, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for harming my people, for scattering my inheritance among the nations, and for dividing up my land. They cast lots to decide which of my people would be their slaves. They traded young boys for prostitutes and little girls for enough wine to get drunk. What do you have against me, Tyre and Sidon, and you, you, cities of Philistia? Are you trying to take revenge on me? If you are, then watch out. I will strike swiftly and pay you back for everything you have done. You have taken my silver and gold and all my precious treasures, and you have carried them off to your pagan temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks, who took them far from their homeland. But I will bring them back again from all of these places to which you sold them. And I will pay back you. I will pay you back for all you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah. And they will sell them to the people of Arabia, a nation far away. I, the Lord, have spoken. Say to the nations far and wide, get ready for war. Call out your best warriors. Let all your fighting men advance for the attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Train even your weaklings to be warriors. Come quickly, all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And now, O Lord, call out your warriors. Let the nations be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on them all. Now let the sickle do its work, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread the winepress, because it's full. The storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. It is there that the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and moon will grow dark, and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord's voice will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. And the earth and heaven will begin to shake. But to his people of Israel, the Lord will be a welcoming refuge and a strong fortress. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, live in Zion, my holy mountain. Jerusalem will be holy forever and foreign armies will never conquer her again. In that day, the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk. Water will fill the dry stream beds of Judah, and a fountain will burst forth from the Lord's temple, watering the arid valleys of Acacia. Egypt will become a wasteland, and Edom a wilderness, because they attack Judah and kill her innocent people. But Judah will remain forever, and Jerusalem will endure through all future generations. 
I will pardon my people's crime, which I have not yet pardoned, and I, the Lord, will make my home in Jerusalem with my people. All right. The notes, it says, Untimely, God has a good future plan. Ultimately, God has a good future plan for all who trust in Him. Restoration will be complete. Salvation will be forever. With this hope for the future, we can find the courage we need to persevere through our problems today. Romans 8, 18 and 21. Since our financial dis final destination is assured and God promises to stay with us throughout life, we need not fear the path we must walk even if winds through uncertain territory. We need not fear the path we must walk, even if it winds through uncertain territory. The word of the Lord. I was reading from the New Living Translation, Spiritual Renewal Bible. Tyndale, thank you so much. God bless you.